Thank you for listening to the Calgary Business Podcast. As host, I have had the privilege of meeting a number of individuals that have shared fascinating stories from their experiences in the pre-COVID, COVID, and now in the expanded COVID period. Out of 220 podcasts to date, many of my guests have highlighted their commitment to help a variety of charitable and social impact agencies. Examples of two such organizations that have recently stood out to me include, first, the In From The Cold charity that Abir and Aya Al-Qadri from A to Z Liquidation support. They were my guests on episode 220. Second, the Brown Bagging for Calgary's Kids is just one charity that Matthew Andrade and his family business, Gentleman Rogue, are supporting. Matthew was my guest on episode 200. Take the time to consider donating to either one or both of these organizations. Brown Bagging for Calgary Kids can be found at bbck4.org and In From The Cold has a unique website, onesmallgift.ca. Once again, thanks for listening to the Calgary Business Podcast. Have a great day and stay safe. Okay, we've got Jordan and Daniel on the line. Perfect. Hi there. So, guys, I'm going to introduce the Calgary Business Podcast. Welcome. Thank you. I think, Thank you. I think, uh, I think Daniel's going to host. He's agreed to host this one. I'll just sit back and let you two chat. Yeah, excellent. <laughs> okay. okay, so, guys, this is episode number 235. Nice round number. I, I wonder if you have that many warehouse. Your warehouse space, do you, do you go by just square feet or do you go by a number of units? Generally square footage uh, and also number of members. And those members are organizations that generally have a team of employees or they're a sole proprietor. Okay. So I'm looking to see, have you, do you exceed 235? Because that's just important here. <laughs> Not quite. We're, we're well on our way. Okay, good. Well, so gentlemen, introduce yourselves and then introduce trade space. And this is, a, I think we've got a lot to talk about. So I'll let you, I'll let Daniel was first. So let, let's, Daniel, you go first. Okay, great. Well, by the way, thank you for uh, having us. Uh, we really, really appreciate it. So it looks like you have been uh, working on this for a long time. So that's, uh, that's great. So it's, it's an, uh, a pleasure to be here. So anyway, so again, uh, my name is uh, um, Daniel Delgado. So I'm one of the co-founders of uh, Tradespace. And uh, yeah, so we basically started, uh, Jordan and I started uh, Tradespace officially in uh, uh, 2018, April, but uh, right. essentially we worked for a while in that, so yeah. Jordan, I'll let you get an introduction and I'll start asking you questions because you guys, you got a pretty dynamic website and, and I, like, I like a lot what you're doing, so Jordan, introduce yourself, please. Sure, you bet. Yeah, I'm, I'm Jordan Tetro, uh, co-founder with Daniel of Tradespace, and uh, yeah, we're, we're excited to sort of dive into the details with you. Okay, so look, look, both of you are not warehouse guys. So what, what, was the, what was the origin story? What started you? We're going to go into this warehousing space. We see this as an opportunity. What was that origin story? Can you share that? Yeah. So I guess, uh, honestly, the, the first one, it was a little bit of ignorance. <laughs> um, yeah. bec because uh, essentially our main idea was to, Jordan and I, we met uh, Calgary Construction Association. And our main idea was uh, uh, we met at a, an event and it was to, hey, we, we want to connect and, and help each other out uh, to generate businesses. Jordan yeah. has a general contracting company. I run an engineering practice. And that was our main idea. It's like, let's get a space for us to collaborate with others. That's how we started. So, Was there, was there, was there any inspiration, Jordan? Maybe did somebody, you, you re read something, someone else was doing it, or you just guys said, we're going to do that. Why don't we just find our, I mean, this is, this is really cool. The, 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 that that's that's original original time yeah well we um i mean first of all it was it was born out of necessity as daniel mentioned really it was a need we had but it, it certainly was partially inspired by some of the office co-working that we saw happening around us and um you know all across north america and right. we uh we as far as we could tell there there hadn't been anyone who had actually taken uh, sort of that in that industrial uh, approach to it uh, in terms of you know tacking on some warehouse space to the traditional office amenities so 
uh, it, that we really just built what we needed and uh, listened to what some of our colleagues needed and, and sort of crafted a plan from there. No, it's brilliant. And I, you and I talked a little bit, Jordan, offline and, you know, that kind of pre-COVID companies, do we, we, do we sign the lease? Do we pull the trigger? And then COVID hit. So, but going back to 2018, did you see a lot of excess supply or people not wanting to, because to me, it seems like there was the downtown core in Maine real estate was kind of a lot of vacancy, but what was it like in the industrial parts of the town two, two years ago? You know, it, it, also, there's some similarities, I guess, for the type of real estate that we're going after in terms of vacancies, because, you know, we, uh, trade space functions really well in sort of older, uh, functionally obsolete industrial warehouse space. So lower ceilings, uh, doesn't have, you know, fancy built out infrastructure, uh, and so th there tends to be a bit of that that sits on the market because it's not suitable for larger third-party logistics, uh, trucking companies, and, and those right. groups. Um, and so there, there was a, a bit of an abundance of it. And, you know, luckily we were able to convince a landlord to take a risk on us, you know, a company that was a startup, no covenants, and, and uh, doing a sort of short-term deal just to, to uh, give it a try and and fortunately, that uh, that try paid off. We filled up our first space quickly and uh, within a matter of months and realized, hey, there's something here. So, look, look, so the, going back, because I really had a vision there, and I think the engineer hat, and I'm not an engineer, but I think Daniel is. Did your engineer hat look at some of those spaces and say, we can work with this, Daniel? You know, like for us, was actually, you know, uh, actually... To be honest, we didn't know what we were doing when we started. Like it was all like, very, <laughs> right. very, very fuzzy. But what we did know is our approach to this, which is something that we just copy from software world, which is essentially uh, creating a minimum viable product, right? Like it's putting, yeah. like measuring, let's see if there's product market fit. And initially our main, main goal was to say, hey, we want to have construction companies because we feel that we believe that that's going to benefit our businesses and we can help each other out because that's the nature of construction. To our surprise, um, with our essentially lean startup approach, I guess, uh, that's how it really, really started taking off and, and, and it started to evolve. However, I, I, I think for us since day one, our mission always was clear, which was to enable our members full potential. And that's what's been shaping what TradeSpace uh, was what it is and what it will be for sure. Right. You know, I think of the construction, I'm going to my hat, my Middle East hat on construction side. I'm thinking we're spare parts. It can be massive. And I think Jordan, uh, you, you mentioned some of those logistics supply. How I mean, are you talking small scale construction, like for homes or the big scale where you've got pumps and big transformers? I mean, maybe can drill that, that, unpack that a little bit because it's, it's interesting. Yeah, you bet. Um, yeah, we have a, a huge array of different users at different uh, sort of maturity of business and scale of business. But um, we, yeah. we do have everything on the construction side from a single operator plumber type business to um, storage space for project specific use for groups that are, for instance, supplying panels to the new cancer center. Uh, so we're, All right. yeah, so we're, so we're able to, we're, we're very adaptable, I guess. And, um, and just, we're sort of a one-stop uh, solution for a bunch of different types of users in the construction field. So I guess if that's, if you've got contractors coming in and, and maybe Daniel coming from say the South America, that's where your, your origin, is it that where you, people are just saying, Hey, we need temporary space. We've got a short-term project here in Calgary like that cancer society, is it something like that? Like people say, we're here, we need three months. We need storage for a lay down area or whatever. Yeah, so sometimes uh, that will happen. We have, we have had companies out of Vancouver that they just need to, they're just essentially testing the market. So we have that, we have local companies that uh, they will have a, a project and they didn't need extra space. We have that, we have companies that are in very early stages and they they don't know what growth looks like so there's a, a right. combination brilliant brilliant so because I, because I, and i know jordan and i talked a little bit you started with 
was it like 10,000 square feet? Maybe you want to touch on that a bit, Jordan. So your start to where you are today. Yeah, exactly. So 10,000 square foot um, in typical industrial warehouse bay. And uh, we filled that up. And I think at, at the time we had as many as um, about 15 different companies that had shared that space to get us off the ground. And, and quite a few of those are actually still with us today. And uh, so, you know, we filled that up in a matter of months and then we started hunting around for a larger space. And at the time, uh, the, the thought of taking 40,000 square feet seemed scary and sort of <laughs> daunting to us. Uh, yeah. especially when you walk into an empty 40,000 square foot warehouse and it's massive. it is it's yeah. massive. Yeah. And now we walk around and it, uh, it just, it seems like a tight community and it's, it's interesting. I mean, it, this first building's all filled up and we've added more, uh, buildings and more space. And so, um, we're, yeah, it's, it's been amazing to see the adoption and the growth. So I'm looking at your Instagram page is that your where there's Bernie sitting in there, but before, <laughs> before the Bernie, <laughs> before the Bernie post, is there, is that your, where, one of your warehouses? Yeah. I think what you're looking at there too, is uh, an indoor garden space we created for events and also for just to encourage uh, collaboration uh, among our members in the community here. So uh, just a flexible space, but uh, outside of that indoor garden space is uh, well on the edge of it. We've, we've got a breakout meeting room, which is, Kind of a yeah. series of boardrooms um, and then behind that is uh, a warehouse space that functions for storage and logistics so i think of that typical you you, you mentioned the forty thousand square feet and i think the typical industrial in calgary and edmonton as well it's that long you got the office in the front and this long narrow strip is that do you have you done that where it's you know what i mean is it a long rectangular or are you more square that forty thousand? Yeah, this one's pretty pretty square where we're at here, but the the few buildings that we have now um, under the trade space umbrella are uh, kind of varying dimensions and sizes, but uh, they're you, we sort of just make them work the way we get them, and we're really yeah. creative in our approach to optimizing the use. So let's let's talk about that because if you're being creative, I would imagine tech plays in and comes into play. So the CAD diagrams, but really. Maybe you want to touch on that, one of you. Yeah. So, yeah, one of the things uh, that we're starting to do is uh, it's like a streamlining our background. Again, it's, uh, it's in construction, design. And one of the things that, that we're trying to do is to understand, uh, um, I get the requirements of the demand that we have. And based on that, based on the existing type of building, what we're trying to do is really where we want to go, we're working on that right now, is to have a... Um, what is called the building information modeling, where we can design, we can essentially forecast what the growth looks like, so we can start uh, um, providing value to our partners on real estate, and and also to understand the, uh, the like what is the what is the, the real estate looks like and how we stage it, because we, yeah. we typically don't jump and and hey give us uh, a million bucks and we'll make it happen. We we try to to do that uh, slow uh, progress. But yeah, technology started to becoming a huge, um, it started to becoming like really fundamental for what we're, what we're doing to be able to scale it. But so with your, in your past life in construction, you were, were you seeing that already coming in outside the warehouse team, but just in construction? Is it something that either of you experienced where there was, you know, the, the software kind of side of yeah, it? Yeah, like, we work, for example, like uh, we work, obviously, one of the most uh, uh, famous and, and uh, uh, co-working uh, spaces. Uh, we work with was actually very, very sophisticated with this uh, in yeah. the office space where they have like uh, a, a design team, a real estate team, and they develop an, an essentially the internal uh, engine for growth. So, so yeah, so it, it was already put into place. Uh, uh, they never took it to something called a um, virtual design construction level which means that uh, essentially yeah. you put your goggles and fix things like that. But, uh, but I, I, I would say that uh, I'm sure that somebody else is doing it at the point at these points and maybe in, in a different field for sure. Well, that, I mean, I, one of my past guests was, was uh, Raza Jaffrey from 3d cityscapes. Now I, I know they're into the, you know, the, the, the buildings and tall buildings and giving that spatial, you know, the 3d spatial awareness. And I, you know, that's, that's a little more involved. And as you can appreciate, you're in a warehouse, you know, but there's a, one other guy um, from, I got to think of Zero Key, 
that's but there's more manufacturing side where they're using the, the sensors to give visual, you know, to space awareness, but that's within an existing build out. So it sounds like there could be some collaboration, but I, I, I get detracted. But does tech play in, in, in your front office? Do you supporting your website? Because I see you got some pretty good, cool looking website and things. Is that coming to play in some of the things you do? Oh yeah, like uh, like big time. Uh, part of uh, part of us is uh, uh, part of our strategy is like essentially we we work out the fundamentals uh, on a day to day, and then after that we start looking at technology and seeing how that technology helps us to essentially uh, catalyze uh, the effect that we're trying to achieve. But uh, technology is like fundamental yeah. for us, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, especially as you can imagine, with um, currently close to 180 or 190 different users of our space with the 70 or 80 different businesses here. Um, You know, that's, that's a lot of personnel to manage. And sometimes there's turnover in within the companies. And sometimes uh, there are new hires within those companies. And so technology is really critical for us to manage uh, that, that sort of client facing uh, that, uh, that relationship with our members uh, seamlessly and, uh, and to integrate with our security sort of functions as well. Because you and I talked about Jordan a little bit offline. You're like, we allow remote access and kind of using, you know, that that tech. So that's integrated with your back office where you can control people's access. As you said, names change. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of old school stuff. I mean, that, that, that's not nothing new. What would you say is, I don't mean it, your, what you're talking about, I mean, kind of like a remote access is probably more new than, you know, changing out usernames with the IT guy. But is it something that you, is it simpler today? And I'm, I, because I really don't know, but is it something that you can, you can monitor without having to get the IT guy in each time you need a change? Yeah. And that, that like, uh, that's a great question. And part of, uh, part of what we're trying to do when, again, like we were, we're, we're very, um, we're very resourceful as far as like our internal resources. As we don't have IT department, for example, we are our, for now, our IT department. And we're trying yeah. to ensure that everything that we're implementing is very easy to manage uh, and and very simple. Yeah. So, for example, our access controls is uh, completely uh, you can access to it uh, online, and we don't use like let's say your traditional key uh, uh, system. And eventually, where we want to go with our technology as far as uh, building controls and management of our members is uh, fully uh, full automation and also. Um, uh, managing the data to help out our members. For example, if you're a company that you want to monitor uh, your employees coming in out of the space, you want to have flexibility. We're able to provide uh, data to to our to our members. Yeah. So that's yeah, that, that's how we see our existing system and how that information that we create provides value to our members. I want to talk about data in a second, but can you get a shout out to? Who's helping you on the tech? Got you because this is—I mean—it's fascinating stuff. I love what you're saying. Who can you get shout out to somebody for oh. that, or the program you're using, or program? Yeah, for sure. So yeah, it's been our Google. Let's give it a shout out to Google. <laughs> um, um, yeah. Essentially, it's, it's been our internal research. Uh, we when we created uh, our forty thirty uh, building, we did our wiring ourselves. We selected our equipment. We created the technology uh, integration and all that. But we use uh, access control system from a company out of New York, uh, startup uh, oh, okay. called Kisi. So yeah. they send us a controller. We configure ourselves. We, um, again, our our background is in construction and engineering. We still do that today. Yeah. So so then we did yeah. that ourselves. The camera, same. We bought it in uh, here, local Memory Express, of, uh, and we set it up together, uh, put it all together, and and all that. So yeah, that's that's fascinating. So the data. Maybe uh, Jordan, uh, is, how's data? Are you tracking data? I mean, your own personal data, but also your clients, customers, movement of people, do you, you know, the, just in the times and things. I mean, those are kind of simple old school stuff when people enter next to it, but there's other use of data. Maybe you want to share some of that. Um, I don't Daniel's probably the better person to, to answer that one. He's, <laughs> okay. he's our tech guru. Yeah. Like uh, okay. for now, uh, for now, for example, like for now, we don't, um, we're not utilizing the data as far as like, let me give you an yeah. example as far as um, as far as uh, doing something with the data we're still like let's call it in a data harvesting period because what we want to do is to say hey uh, you move into the space you are essentially a contractor 
and we're monitoring uh, your uh, activity, we're monitoring your activity in your space, perhaps that where we want to go is even recommendations on how to optimize, perhaps, yeah. to, hey, maybe you should upsize, downsize, what is the mo most optimal state for you? And again, we're still like so, so early. When it comes to data, and uh, like, let's call it like, a, when it comes to data and data science, um, you have to have like a tons of data. We're still like so early that that we don't know what it looks like uh, as far as like doing it. However, we have an idea where we want to go. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, I just say, I think if it's just so powerful when you're scaling. And, and the only reason I say this is I'm thinking, wow, yours is yours could be a template, whether it's a franchise or kind of licensing across yeah. Canada, across wherever. But this this kind of platform, the power comes from that data. So to your point about whether, you know, the customers are the space optimizing the space, but also if if, you know, movement, if they didn't use. You know, you could just give them this is the volume you used, the material construction materials that went through and the weight, whatever it weights, times of day, you know, that kind of giving them some visual visibility over time. Like you you're right. You need more data, more time that passes. Yeah, and, and for now to give you an idea where we're actually starting to work in uh in our system for uh for let's say micro fulfillment is uh we offer uh uh those uh let's call it micro fulfillment services to our members and Part of like part of yeah. like one of the things that we're uh, working on is going to be creating our internal uh, system that it will have what is called a you know an API to be able to integrate with their Shopify store um, and essentially let's say hey they send us product and 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 we are running levels low so that will trigger hey start production we are getting this amount of demand so so there's a lot of uh, that. Yeah. that that essentially that's probably short short term like uh, that we are going to be working on uh pretty soon here not so much in the space per se but in actual micro fulfillment uh, side of things so but that's key that's in construction i mean i'm going back to my middle east hat there and that you know yeah. lack of supplies that you know the getting and the the late i mean if you're starting this project you've got the lay down and where that goes you know the, whatever they're getting the the site preparation but if 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 there's a if there's a hiccup from the supplier and COVID, maybe we can talk about COVID. But there's there was probably a lot of supply hiccups in the begin early days. Yeah, um, well, you know where we're seeing some examples right now of sort of that COVID effect on supply chain is uh, in some of our e-commerce businesses that operate out of the space. And um, as Daniel mentioned, right. we you know as as a service offering, we have some members that store materials with us and treat trade space as their base of operations and their business address. But we do the, the picking and packing and fulfillment of orders on their behalf. And then we have other members in our space who occupy a portion of the warehouse. They have their own team for doing their fulfillment of orders. And, um, yeah. and so through COVID, some of those have been affected um, negatively and, and others have kind of got creative, I guess, in securing new supply chains. But we have some groups in here, for instance, that uh, were able to um, manage their supply chain really well through COVID uh, who are in food-related businesses because they had direct relationships with ranchers, right. for instance, who were supplying uh, meat for their frozen meat subscription and distribution business. And and so those, those direct supply chain links um, to, to local farmers was really critical for them. And then, uh, you know, others that are bringing goods across the country or in from China uh, or elsewhere uh, certainly have seen delays uh, in having their products arrive. And, and that's kind of the beauty of what we do is we're able to help our members scale up and down as their inventory dictates uh, within our space. So uh, that's, that's part of the value uh, offering uh, with that's incredible because that data itself, all that information. I mean, if you think of Amazon FBA fulfilled by Amazon, I can see this F, FBT fulfilled by TradeSpace because it's literally you're you're becoming that logistics hub. You're moving away from your you know just a warehouse space. You've got a lot more oh, happening. Definitely, more and parts. so many cool companies and individuals that are operating out of here doing really neat things. You know, there's there's a group in here called Partake Brewing, for instance, that is. Uh, Canada's sort of leading non-alcoholic craft beer producer. And uh, we do the distribution uh, for their sort of Western Canadian arm. And uh, yeah, yeah there are Dragon's Den success story and 
really <laughs> sort of leading this movement of uh, sort of sober curious and and so really need to follow their success and uh, the fundraising they've been doing and sort of rally behind them and you know they're just one example of so many great companies uh, that are wait you use the word sober curious this is second time I've heard <laughs> that. So, I love that so wait a minute that comes from the the, the non-alcoholic yeah that's right yeah yeah that's uh, you know we we have in our fridge here at trade space you could have a, a partake beer which is uh 0.3 percent yeah. alcohol or something and uh and they're great and they're super low calorie and i mean the, the thing that's great about them is they're a, a craft beer so you, you sort of get your ipa yes. fix out of it and uh i don't know it's <laughs> it's a nice uh nice alternative no jordan it's good like that's um because I had sexy AF spirits, so it was Joanne Reynolds, and she used that term, and it's because it's yeah. alcohol-free. She does alcohol-free spirits, and it's, she's got a pretty trendy. I think you guys need to collaborate because I think there's something. You're, that's the second time I heard that term, sober curious, but you can enjoy. I guess you can partake in the experience. You got it, yeah, alcohol. yeah. And uh, we, you're the second person to tell us we should uh, be chatting with Joanne, so that uh, there's something there too. <laughs> So, I mean, can you tell, can you share some of the key partnerships like in Calgary, Alberta, across Canada? Okay, Partakes One. I mean, I'm, I'm talking, I'm thinking like carpenters and, you know, the around that trade, you know, the guys are doing leasehold build outs. And is it, you know, I mean, share what you want to share. I mean, I, I don't, I respect the privacy. Yeah, I'll give you a, like a, a quick um, sort of overview, I guess, of the, the three main sectors of members, let's call it, that are in this types of users. Yeah. Um, so we have folks that are in the construction industry, either as trade contractors or construction service providers like surveyors and engineers and that sort of group. Um, we have folks that are doing right. light manufacturing. Uh, so for example, we have groups that are assembling cabinet pieces that are, are sort of pre-cut uh, we have a group right. that uh, right. makes, right. Uh, they, they sort of make to order special wire harnesses and cable systems called Flux Connectivity, really cool company. And they're stepping in a big way into the solar industry right now and creating some of the drivers for the solar technology. And, um, and then sure. the, the third, of course, is the e-commerce e-commerce sector. And uh, again, we've, we've seen lots of different groups that you know, they might have an Amazon Marketplace store. They might have their own Shopify hosted place, yep. uh, or they might just be kind of doing it uh, the old-fashioned way, and they're uh, and using us for storage and for support on the distribution side. Uh, so, a big range of different types of users for sure. And then, but I, this is you know this you just triggered that third part, the third segment, e-commerce which I've seen a sprout up, first of all, in my podcast, but also just kind of that out, that space of people starting their house. They're, they're, they're losing. We've just lost that space in our house. We can't do this anymore. We need yeah, Exactly. And, and you know what's interesting is that, uh, that uh, obviously, like, this is, uh, I don't know, uh, uh, just like cliche or anything, but this is like really another revolution as far as like commerce, uh, which is e-commerce that allows you to, you can today, with the existing technology and platform launch any store with minimal risk and then scale responsibly. You can be having your full-time job. And this is typically the case that we see. And all of a sudden yeah. you say, Hey, I want to, I was in a trip. Uh, let's say, Hey, I was uh, traveling in Europe and I saw these cool shoes. I want to bring them to uh, North America. You can start there and your market is Calgary, but you can start in Calgary, but your business is running in, you know, Texas. So there's so in, in your first order, it might come to Calgary and then you ship them there. So there's this huge, huge, huge uh, opportunity that uh, technology has enabled to many, many different people to take control of like um, of that uh, opportunity to get into market. So, yeah. Now, I, I just see and again, maybe I'm, I, there's other business lines that are going to drive from this, which if you take Amazon, or if you take Shopify, which you both mentioned, I think you mostly mentioned Shopify, but if you listen to his story, Toby Lucky's story, he just wanted to build a website yeah. for, I think, snowboarding and then other snowboarders and so snowboarder supplies, right? And suddenly he's got engineers that are building app. They, they're, the, yeah. they're their own app store. They're the Google Google Play or iPhone app store of, of templates for, web, for, where, uh, for um, websites. Oh, yeah. So... 
Yeah, I, I think guys, we can. I, I just literally I wrote this down here. You know, autonomous like your that e-commerce site. You're going to be Amazon's going to pick you up one day and say, guys, can you just take some of our? We got about a million square feet. We need, <laughs> right? Yeah, and, and we need your help. Well, we'd be willing, <laughs> yeah, for sure. But I, I think the, uh, you know, where where we're finding a lot of opportunity right now is, as Daniel mentioned, in that micro fulfillment space where, you know, they're typically they were a home based business. Uh, they starting to get some traction yeah. with whatever their product is they're selling. They're starting to build a good brand. And they are, are transitioning from that awkward stage of trying to be trying to wear every hat in the business to being able to, to justify outsourcing uh, some of the handling of the materials so they can really focus on business development. And, uh, and so yeah, at some stage or at some point, uh, the, the numbers might make sense for a group to do fulfillment by Amazon. Um, but uh, we're finding that we are... No, but you're not you yeah. hitting a niche yeah. where people won't go there, right? Because Amazon, that's a, that's a, in itself is a trade to learn yeah. yep. how to be FBA, right? How to do a Shopify. I'm getting people now reaching out on LinkedIn and saying, you know, I'm an expert in uh, I'm an expert in uh, Shopify, right? So that they want to sell that service to me and my podcast guests. So I'll, I'll tee them over to you. Guys. Thank you. <laughs> oh, sorry. Oh, can you hear me now? You cut off there. Okay, so, sorry. Um, something that is super interesting is uh, for the, uh, um, let's say for the fulfillment by Amazon. One of the things, one of the biggest strategies that Amazon has taken is essentially it's like distributed strategy as far as like their fulfillment center. So they put like a big center, but they also try to empower their sellers and their all the entire partners. So even, yeah. even, even for us, um, we have had, uh, essentially companies that they are Amazon sellers and they come to our space as well. And then because yeah. guess what? Amazon, if you handle the labeling and certain components of the process yourself, they give you, they give you better discounted red rates about, about uh, to get into their um, platform essentially. So we see essentially for ourselves, let's call it like we're a plug-in. We could be a plug-in to these companies to get into the, the distribution yeah. network that yeah. Amazon has. And strategically for them, they say, great, that's something that I don't have to invest in. Oh, I think I lost you there, Daniel. We're seeing yeah, it, no, we're seeing so I'm, I'm back <laughs> here. So it, the thing is like, I'm connected through my phone and for some reason uh, <laughs> kicks me out every time that someone calls, so. Okay. But yeah, you know, this like, I, I had one of my questions was, what trends are you seeing in warehousing? And you right there, you said it. I think Jordan or both of you said the micro fulfillment on e-commerce space, and and that's a that's a big thing because it's, you know, that's that's happening now. That's not like something in the future. It's happening today, and you. It sounds like you responded to it, but let has, have you had any new businesses, uh, or new business lines, or new businesses that because of COVID changed into you because of that? Maybe some of those. Small e-commerce well, players, or we, where we've a seen a bit shift. of a, an interesting shift is, um, and, and which may just be the natural evolution of some businesses going taking some of their products online. But we've had, uh, for instance, some wholesalers of construction materials that have had a bricks and mortar storefront location with back end warehousing where they fulfill orders, and right. they've just found that now they. In this new economy, they're able to manage their overhead by shedding that expensive real estate cost and uh, and just strictly yeah. going 100% online, running lean and uh, seeing better margins. And so, uh, again, with that flexibility around the, the real estate component and being able to provide some sort of office amenity to a business like that, TradeSpace is a really great fit uh, for a company that's just changing how they're doing business in this new economy. You know, Jordan, you're hitting on. So there's a, a first of all, I had a conversation with a, a lawyer who said, you know, we're not, we're just going right, we're going straight to this without build out the big, you know, the big uh, warehouse, a uh, big space for an, an office, and also there's the, you know, the the, um, the, the, I just have this visualization of a massive warehouse. Are you dealing with <laughs> overhead that you're inherited, you know? And then you just show, you go look, and you have this tiny little office, and you got the warehouse and all that. That that would be, you know, that plays well if you show that. Are you dealing with a forty thousand square foot warehouse 
for your 1,000 square foot need or whatever. I mean, that you, you know, got that it. Yeah. In, in, in something that is really important there that we always, uh, um, and even from the financial perspective, anytime that let's say you're a business and you're a plumber and you had a 10,000 square feet uh, warehouse, and then all of a sudden, uh, maybe you're effectively using, you know, 20%, 30% of that. What happens is like anytime that yeah. you sign up a lease, yeah. what happens in, in like in the in, in finance is like you're acquiring a liability for that period. So you have that commitment. So that means like you have to generate that amount of money to be able to fulfill that commitment. So in honestly, with these times, COVID is like a ex- prime example. Everything is so variable that you have no control over that. So a lot of uh, businesses strategies to say we're shifting a lot of our business model to a variable cost model versus a fixed cost model to make sure that you that's right. you survive, right? So, you know, that, that speaks to Rob Kazanowski from Black Cloud Bidders. And I think I yeah. mentioned this to you, Jordan, offline. You know, he, he said just pre-COVID, we were ready to sign a lease and the longer term lease because he was, they were, they needed space for his demand was growing. And I get, you know, it's alcohol again, but, you know, during COVID, but you know, that, that, that temporary space and, and the shift it off, or maybe you, you don't need it for a full time. And you're right. There's a huge cash flow thing. And, you know, look, I'm not knocking real estate that, you know, the owners of those, they have a purpose as well. And they're, you're there because of those real estate owners. So you kind of, they built that infrastructure, but, the same as Airbnb and the same as, you know, the, the space of the medallions for, for Ubers, right? That infrastructure is there, but this is the market. It's yeah, the there's an underserviced segment of the market that uh, we're helping to provide a solution for. That's, that's without a doubt. And it's all about managing risk yeah. at the end of the day. Um, regardless of what stage you're at in business, it's about managing risk. I mean, it's, you know, interesting to follow we work even and see how their enterprise model has evolved to support major fortune 500 companies uh, under their platform. So um, it's, yeah, it's certainly a trend. It's one that's staying. You know, it's funny that you mentioned we work and, and I happen to have uh, Alex Petucci. We were on, I am on the podcast. He says, we, we want, we work because it puts more space. It puts, they're big. So it puts more light on our space. In that chair, co-working chair. So if a big player like Amazon, and Amazon's not far from where you are. I think they're up by the Horizon Mall. Yeah, right? yeah. There's a, a couple of locations nearby uh, us. So yeah. So you know, I mean, and that just because not everybody's going to go to them. Not every, they can't they can't take everything. So maybe you're that low hanging fruit, or you know the shark. You know those little tiny <laughs> guppies that, that <laughs> hang on the bottom of a shark. And you just Amazon's a shark swimming around. <laughs> well, it, and you'll take all one of the other important distinctions too is that you know if you're if you're a startup or a growth stage business and you know like I said you're wearing lots of the hats in the business, it's really important that you have yeah. access to your product too because a lot of those business yeah. owners are swapping out labels and they're doing promos and they're doing product counts and they're um, you know they're going to picking up material for promo that they're going to go drop off somewhere else and. You know, if you're if you're a small operator and you are working with, you know, a, a provider in the traditional uh, three third-party logistics realm, um, your product's generally going in, sitting on yeah. a shelf, and you can't go into that warehouse to go and touch it and move it around and uh, count it. So, you know, we we really offer something different there as well. You know, I just saw I saw a. Um... Gosh, it was a zoo. It was a it was a Zoom conference with Founders Institute and and the the company was in Germany, and they were really doing the supply. They were trying to be like that, um, you know, like kind of an Amazon-y. We're going to take the, the they're using their house for storage, and and delivering, and and it just really the imagery just you just hit it there when you talked about that because they're like literally he showed his kitchen or his bathroom whatever it was he just had shelves because they, they were running out of space they're doing all this at their home. But as a startup, I'm just like that. They're just trying to be right closer to the customer. It's, that's exactly what it was to be closer to the customer to get that to, as opposed to sitting way up in a warehouse, you know, wherever it is near the airport, way, you know, across and, the and that's where, uh, like, even for someone like Amazon, like, there's so many, 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 many startups that they're focusing on on creating what is uh, like a it's like a distributed network because you're to the customer. Um, and, and if you're able yeah. to have your product close to the customer, the less 
costly for you to deliver. So, hey, you can be more competitive. Um, so there's so many startups right now that are focusing on technology to enable that. Um, and uh, essentially, yeah. our focus is being the infrastructure. No, and this speaks to, there's another thing that you keep, because you don't come, I mean, just COVID, I was listening to, a, it was about food uh, perishable in the farms, the amount of food that was wasted across North America from the farms. First of all, the farms couldn't get it to delivered. And secondly, that was perishable in the, in the, where, in the stores or shops, because that there was that period where people, you know, it was just wasted food, which was more of the perishable goods versus non-perishable. But, you know, it's back to your point about being closer to the market. If, if they could bring that farming with new tech, you know, and I think that maybe there's a space there. Is that vertical farming? Is, is that something you guys could get into? Or is that something maybe down the road, you know, where that vertical farming's in, you build out some of those warehouses with- You know, like uh, uh, one of the things for us, like as far as like uh, where we are going, every day, essentially, the, we're always trying to bring new uh, offerings, new products, new services, uh, and, and it is being driven by our mission. Yeah. Essentially, if we identify uh, like a need of uh, that, we will absolutely tackle it. Um, and it's funny because again, like our fulfillment, micro fulfillment uh, um, services started because we saw the need in our members and that's how we trigger the action to take to provide it because we thought, hey, this is going to really uh, benefit them, which again, it, it was very mission driven uh, action for sure. If we see that happening with farming, absolutely. Like, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just, I was just putting it out there because I thought there, there's that warehousey thing, right? Where the vertical farms are being done in warehouses and things like that. But anyway, not to, not to go, let's, let's switch gears into some of the other social media. Are, how are, you know, has any been any changes in 2021 that you see because of what you did in 2020? And you're going to change your approach on social media or anything like that? Hmm. Um, you know, I, a big part of our business in, in creating awareness about trade space and helping our members promote their businesses used to be a right. um, kind of an event series that we would hold or, or lunch and learns and things that we would do in our garden space. And, and so, you know, we, I think for 2021 and the foreseeable future here, a lot of that's going to be taken online. And of course there's, you know, a bit of fatigue around that and, and nothing replaces being able to stand face to face with someone and carry on a conversation with a beer in your hand. We've missed those days, but <laughs> right. Um, so that's, you know, one of the yeah. shifts is really trying to, to maintain our sense of community. It's a, you know, when everyone's hiding behind a mask, it's a, it's, it's a different experience for sure. So um so part of our focus for 2021 is, you know, how do we just make sure that we're still able to uh, facilitate some of those meaningful connections between our members and uh, how do we keep sort of supporting the broader community too uh, with our initiatives? We've, you know, we donate our space often to Calgary Economic Development and other groups that um, are hosting some of their really great initiatives. And so we're, we're trying to find ways to to leverage our space to give back and it'll be a little different this year but we'll see uh, it's interesting is it uh, the other thing I, was, I thought of was traditional media and as i drive around and maybe you know is you know are things cheaper in some of the trade and i'm thinking like i'm going right to franklin industrial you know blackfoot industrial are there trade publications going out where they're just more affordable now or are you seeing yeah like, i guess for now we we stuff? haven't uh it's uh it's so funny we we've been always uh just uh trying to manage the way that we're growing uh but we haven't uh, uh touched it yet maybe yeah. maybe we will we, but uh not yet yeah and what about the big old billboards and sign the bus stops you got yeah, that, like we we have the the uh, a little bit of our operational philosophy. It's like, yeah, we're willing to try everything and see what works for sure. Yeah, I guess if it's affordable, because I mean, social media, most of that you can do for free, and you're, you know, weekend at Bernie's, you can run that ad for free now, and you sit in his yeah, office. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but I love the I love the colors. I'm just looking against your. You have the same on your website that the different colored doors. Is that the, the are those they the are. breakout rooms? That's right. Or the... 
with the blue and the yellow yeah. and the bright yeah, we, uh, door. Yeah, we took a 40-foot sea can and carved it up into breakout meeting rooms. And we salvaged some windows and doors from a commercial construction renovation that we were working on uh, in Bankers Hall. And, and so we, yeah. you know, we, we definitely are trying to repurpose and salvage where we can as well. Oh, brilliant. You reminded me now of the sea container because I had the secure right guys out of Kelowna. Wait, I think you, you probably know them then. Um, I am from Kelowna. Kelowna. Right? I don't know the secure right guys. That's secure. Yeah. So Lucas Griffin, he was on my podcast right on. a few, uh, a couple months back. And I wanted to mention that to you when I saw your Okanagan, that, uh, you know, that, that link. But now when I see the container, yeah, they do the, he's been doing it for 15 years where they just retrofit, retrofit, retrofit the uh, the sea containers and the oh thank you part. i'm gonna i'm gonna link you guys yeah, i'm just gonna open yeah I, that is so cool but all right so let's let's we're gonna hit the last thing which is probably on a lot of people's mind avenue magazine top 40 under 40 can i get under the top <laughs> i'll vote 100 <laughs> but so avenue magazine so tell us about that process how long did that that last and what you know, what was kind of things you went through during that time? Um, it, I mean, there, there was an interview process and, uh, you know, a photo shoot that was a, a kind of a, a socially distanced photo shoot, which was interesting. And, um, and traditionally, yeah. Avenue Magazine puts on a, a really big event for in-person event for the Top 40 uh, reveal. And uh, so this past year was the first year that they've had to do it virtually and they did a fabulous job and it was really nice because we could have some family members tune in from out of town and uh and it was it was really great so uh yeah it was it was really nice to get some recognition and uh we were really thrilled with exposure nice and i see right next so i'm looking at your instagram handle and i see i think i imagine that's you and daniel yeah. jordan and daniel standing in the <laughs> Okay, but next to it, you get the post is AM Cleaning. So Maria Padeko. Oh, I didn't know that. Podcast. Oh, really? yeah, she's super awesome. Yeah, yeah she, she's super awesome. Yeah. She is wonderful. She's a superhuman. Yeah. Oh, she's awesome. I think she just recently had a baby, and that that, and that you know, little guys. You, well, last week I had a first time ever talking about oh, yeah. breast, mother's milk, and Northern Star what? Mother's Milk Bank. <laughs> so I mean, it hits. It hits. They need storage. They probably need your warehouse. No, all seriousness, though, she said that our freezer space is full because the donors, the mothers that donate to milk. So I, I think there's another Love link it. for you guys. I'm sorry. You hey, that's a great cause. Whether you like it We're or not. for it. I think there's a relationship. And, you know, the other, I saw, you know, again, talking, this is just bouncing ideas, but Leftovers Foundation, I remember they had a call for freezers, right? And it's, again, you know, I don't know. I don't know what that's the logistics of that. And you have to, have, you know, food your time because you guys probably know better than, than a lot of people. But that food storage, right? You need there's some kind of health and safety thing. That goes yeah, with that. definitely. Yeah, there are some safety um, hoops to jump through. That's for sure. Uh, and also some land use bylaw yeah. uh, considerations as well. So I wanted to the other one I wanted because you reminded me of the autonomous vehicles and it was. I recently read, a, a, you know, venture. There was a forklift, autonomous forklifts, and I, I don't know if you've got a lot of moving parts in that side because you probably is it mostly hand 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 handled or is it? Do you yeah, use we, we definitely like use forklifts. forklifts. Yeah. Okay, because you're going to get into that space one of these days. Autonomous, you're going to grow, guys. You'll get so big. Yeah. Well, we've loved uh, what we've seen with companies like Atabotics that are out there really yeah. innovating that space. So. Yeah, uh, we'd love to have a I don't know a mini antibiotics uh, set up in our warehouse someday. That's probably and that's, see. I guess apparently there's a link with Zero Key. I think they have a partnership as well. And Zero Key is the one I mentioned with Matthew Lowe, also on my podcast, uh, a past guest, and he they they have the sensors helping in in the manufacturing plants. That could or your I think it's sensors in the warehouse. I, there's there's probably something there, but I I'm not the I'm not. The oh, expert. oh just, yeah, there's you know, the, there's so the many uh, cool the things there. That's where, yeah, we 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 yeah we're we're pretty geek with uh, the technology for sure. So once we see uh, an opportunity to to you know bring technology on that end, it will be extremely interesting. So 
Well, on that note, what do you, I mean, you've talked about some trends and what do you think is important for the to scale? Cause you've done four times growth from that 10,000 square feet to 40,000. What, what's next? What's important for you guys? What do you feel? Um, I'll let Jordan go first and Daniel, you go, you know, just kind of share your thoughts and what do you think is important going, going um, forward? I, I'd say it's going to be critically important for us to really listen to our members and understand what the needs of the market are and find ways that we can adapt quickly. And, you know, given our backgrounds again in construction and engineering, it we're able to respond really quickly yeah. to a demand that we see in the market. And, and as Daniel mentioned, test it. And if it works, we'll build on it. And if it doesn't, we'll drop it and we'll move on. And, uh, and so we'll be continuing to go through that exercise forever. That's how we'll evolve. Yeah. Yeah. I like, I like that. I like the sounds of that. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Daniel, like as, uh, as, as uh, Jordan mentioned, number one, is like uh, uh, members needs uh, that drives essentially uh huge, huge component of, of it. Uh, the other one is really for us to be able to be successful is uh, we're building a, a like a world-class team. So we're really, really pr proud of our current team. So I do think that it's going to be extremely, extremely critical that uh, that uh, the people that are joining us, they believe in the future that uh, in the present and, and the, that we're building and the future that uh, what, where we want to go is it's all, it's all about people, it's all about, it's all about the team. And yeah. them articulating also that to the need, so that, that that's the 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 critical connection, for sure. Now, I think you have a good, you have a strong community, and I think Jordan was alluding to it, and some of your customers, and that collaboration. I think, and I'm looking at Daniel. You're, you know, you you talked about we're not just more a co-working space, but we're also a, a success breed success. And I think from that, from your messages, I'm hearing you're really you know, listen to your customers, listen to your people, and that's helping you grow. They will help you grow. So really, thank you guys. Oh, how do people find you? Your warehouse is where? Physically and virtually? Yeah, our, our main you? address is 40308 Street Southeast, which is just off Blackfoot and 42nd in the uh, Highfield Industrial Area. Yep. And uh, they can find us online at gotradespace.com and uh, gotradespace on social media. I don't know. There's something like it's, it's like a cheering section. <laughs> oh, Trey, I don't know, guys, there's a fans. I think you got some fans. Out oh, there. we certainly appreciate it. Go trade space. Well, terrific, guys. Thanks so much for taking the time today and, and sharing uh, your space. And this is, you know, it's, it's it's fantastic to learn for me just to, to hear about this innovation right under, you know, right. Thanks for having us, Alan. And, and we really appreciate the support. Thank you for having us. Thank you. My hey, pleasure, you Daniel, Bye -bye. Jordan. You guys stay safe. Take care.